Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today... Marcy Shimov, someone that's been inspiring the evolution of people all around the world. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Marcy. Oh, I'm so happy to get to be here with you today. We're going to have a blast. Oh, I can feel it already. Today, we're going to dive deep into happiness, such an epic topic. For those that haven't tuned into Marcy before, just give me a sec. I'll do the honors. She is the female face of the biggest self-help book phenomenon ever the chicken soup series you guys know that jack canfield having co-authored six of the titles she's a celebrated transformational leader motivational expert she regularly delivers keynote speeches on self-esteem and peak performance and today i really can't wait to have this chat with you about a topic that i think is very dear to everybody's heart but we don't really yeah i find when it's something that's so important to us that is happiness but sometimes we feel like you go through different stages in life where sometimes it's available to us, sometimes it's not, sometimes are we meant to chase it, are we not meant to chase it? So I'm really excited for all the different conversations we can have today. But before we start diving into happiness and being happy for no reason at all whatsoever, <laughs> I would love to tune into, do you ever look back at your life and 
almost to Marcy that was like, you know, 10 or maybe even a little bit younger. And look at the work that you're doing in the world now and go, oh, of course I was going to be this person. Like, or is it like a shock that, you know, you've grown into the author that's, that you are today? Like, what's that? Do you have those reflection pieces back on little Marcy? So Amrit, I am the least likely person on the planet to be speaking about and teaching about happiness because right. I was born depressed. I wow. was born with what I call existential angst. I came out of the womb with that. And, 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 you know, I had great parents. I had a great circumstances in my life. I had all the things that you think you would need to be a happy kid, but I just had this kind of dark cloud around me all the time. And when I was young, my solution to my unhappiness was something called sugar. And I became a sugar addict. And um, by the time I was in high school, I was about 35 pounds overweight, which did not help the happiness level. I just was this unhappy you know, kid and teenager. And so when I got into my 20s, I decided I am going to be happy. This is what I want my life to be. I want it to be happy. So I set five goals for myself. And I figured yeah. that once I reached those five goals, that's it. I'd have what I need to be happy. And I'm just mm -hmm. going to share with you what those five goals were, because I think people can relate to this. Yes, so yes. I, wanted, I wanted to have a successful career helping people. Mm -hmm. I wanted a wonderful husband or life partner fabulous friends, a comfortable home, and the equivalent of Halle Berry's body. <laughs> now, I got four out of the five. I do not have Halle Berry's body, but I have a body for which I'm extremely grateful. And I will tell you, I worked really hard to get all those things lined up so I'd have them. And I had a turning point moment. And it was in 1998. I had three books in the top five on the New York Times bestseller list at the same time. Mm, I had just given a speech to 5,400, no, I had just given a speech to 8,000 people and I had autographed 5,432 books. My client mm. had a massage therapist massaging my hand so I could keep on signing. And on one hand, I felt like an author rock star. Yeah. But on the other hand, after I signed that last book, I went up to my hotel room, which was the penthouse suite that the client had gotten for me. And I walked over to the huge windows overlooking this beautiful Lake, Lake Michigan. I was in Chicago and I took in that view and I turned around and I collapsed onto the bed and I burst into tears and I burst into tears because I realized I had everything I thought I needed to be happy. And I still had that emptiness in my heart that I had always had even as a kid. And I realized, you know, I can't fool myself into thinking that just that next thing that I get is going to do it and make me happy once and for all. So that's when I dove head on into the study of happiness. And I interviewed all of the top experts and I interviewed 100 unconditionally happy people. I started doing what they were doing and it worked. It really worked. I'd say I went from like an A, a D plus in happiness, if you were giving me a grade. <laughs> and now I'm a solid A. I'm still a work in progress, yeah. but it works. And that to me is the most thrilling thing that it doesn't matter where you start. Anyone can learn to be happier. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I think one of the big connotations we have around people with happiness is some like you're just born happy. You know, it's like that person is like that, like that person is that type. And actually in this conversation, I, you know, there's a few things you shared in there that I can relate to because yeah, I was, uh, I was very heavy um, in high school as well. And it's, and I, I, I think for those tuning in, you probably don't realize like, but it is this perpetuating sort of, um, I don't want to say dark spiral, but negative spiral. We can probably call it that, right? Because you're not happy and then you eat a lot and then you get, bigger and then you're not happy with yourself and then you get bigger and then you keep eating and then it's man I remember what that was like um the joke or, in my any, or any addiction for that matter yeah. any addiction is fueled by by a, a hunger for wanting more and that's a natural thing we want more um mm. we want to feel better that's that you know Aristotle said that happiness is the goal of all goals it's the be all and end all of life it's natural to want to be happy. It's just that we aren't taught how to do it. It's not part of what's in the culture. And, and it's so sad because actually 
we know how to be happier. It, it, it's science has cracked the happiness code and we know how to be happier and that should be headline news, I think. Yeah, and having transformed um, your own relationship with happiness, do you, is some part of it, is some part of it our genetic makeup or is some part of it like, like from what I'm hearing, it's trainable? Yeah, it is such a great question. And to me, this was the most important part of the happiness research that I ever found. And to me, it answered the question, just that question. Why are some people born happy and some people aren't? And, mm -hmm. you know, what do we do if we're not? So here's what science has found. We all have what's called a happiness set point. And it's like oh. a thermostat setting. And mm -hmm. so no matter what happens to us, whether it's really great or really bad, unless we do something consciously to change it, we will hover back to our thermostat setting. So this explains why people who win the lottery, you think all I'd have to do is win the lottery and then I'd for sure be happy, right? Well, yeah. you would be happier and it would last anywhere from two months to about a year. And you would return to your original happiness set point. And same is true of people who have challenges or tragedies. Generally within a year or so, we return to our original happiness set point. So the set point is the key to all of it. And here's how it's determined. It's 50% genetic. That was the question you asked. It's, uh. it's half of it is genetic, but don't give up hope if you are not in the good. <laughs> Only 10% is your circumstances. Now notice that that's what everybody is so busy trying to make better in order to be happier. But the circumstances you are only 10% of the whole equation, the whole pie. The other 40% is our habits of thoughts and behavior. And that's where we can really, you know, change, raise our happiness at point. But I'm going to take it a step further and say this. Scientists in the field of epigenetics, like Dr. Bruce Lipton, they will even say that the genes, that 50% that's genetic, that can be influenced or changed by changing our habits of thoughts and behavior, which means that 90% of our happiness set point is something we can do something about with our habits and thoughts and behavior. That's freedom. That is total freedom to me, because that means you don't have to you don't have to be a football of life and wait for the right circumstances to come along so that then you can be happy and get your life set up perfectly so then you can be happy. Forget it. It's never going to work. But yeah. what you can do, what we all can do is raise our happiness at point. And this is what I think should be taught starting to five year olds in school. Like, mm. Let's learn how to raise your happiness at point. Science knows how to do it. I love that. I think that's a really important concept of this happiness set points. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what's echoing in the back of my head is that famous Jim Carrey quote, which is he said something to the effect of and I'm butchering it, but I hope every, I wish everybody could become famous and, you know, abundant just so that I realize that it's it's not it. <laughs> you know, that you still got that void inside yeah. and you still got to go to town on the work on yourself. And it's an inside job is what I'm it's so true. You know, if, ha if money, looks, success were the key to fame, were the key to happiness, we'd have a lot more happy people in Hollywood. And mm -hmm. we know that it's, you know, that's where some of the greatest depression and addictions are. And mm -hmm. so it's absolutely true. I love that Jim Carrey quote. And I think he's a beautiful example of someone who's really done the work on himself. Mm -hmm. He's he's awesome. Yeah, I really love him. The um, So to distill it down, and this is <clears throat> me clarifying it for myself, the key thing that I think we are struggling with is we're searching for happiness in achievements, in goals, in outcomes, when really what I'm hearing you say is it's an inside job. Now, the key thing, even before we start to, when we start to unravel that, then it sort of becomes back to a decision needs to be made, right? That I'm going to work on my happiness. How important is that decision? And what does that decision, how do you coach people into that decision? Yeah, that is fundamental to start there. And I'm so glad you brought that up because until we take responsibility for our happiness, then, you know, forget it. You're, we're always, it's, it's called the I'll be happier when syndrome. I'll be happier when I make more money. I'll be happier when I get a better job. I'll be happier when I find my soulmate or I'll be happier when I get divorced 
from my not soulmate or you know i'll be happier when i lose 20 pounds it's always out there and that will never ever work because you will be happier for a short time but it was not what we care about is lasting happiness unconditional happiness you know that's why i call it happy for no reason Mm. there's nothing wrong with being happy for good reason you know happy because i've got this or that but as long as your happiness is based on something like that, you know, I've, I've, I've got this going for me or that going for me, as long as that's the basis of your happiness. It's contingent, yeah. It's contingent, exactly. Yeah. It's shaky. That goes away and then where are you? What we want is we want the both. We want the happy for no reason, which is that inner state of, I call happy for no reason, an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't depend on our circumstances. And when you've got that, you're not looking to your circumstances to extract your happiness, but you're bringing your happiness to your life circumstances and everything changes. So that's, and, and so where I find people initially getting stuck is just like you said, we don't even take responsibility for our happiness. We think, okay, this is going to change or that's going to change or we blame, you know, uh, the, the, um, being a victim of in life, you can tell you're a victim in life. There's three main behaviors. Mm. You blame others. Mm. You shame yourself. It's called the blame, shame, and complain game. Shame is just blaming yourself, turning that blame inward, or mm. complaining about all the things that are wrong in life. So it's blaming others, shaming yourself, or complaining about circumstances. All of those are a victim role and it will never ever work. So the first step to being happier is to take responsibility for your happiness, to get that it's not about something out there to change for you, but it's about you doing it yourself. And to me, I find that once people hear about this happiness set point and get that, mm -hmm. oh my God, it really is the scientific thing and I can do something about it. That's enough inspiration to get people started as long mm -hmm. as they then know what steps to take. And I think that it's really important. There are specific steps to take in order to be happier and they're not hard. So I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to share some of those today. Yeah. Yeah. I was I just going to go straight. I was going to go straight there. It's a perfect little segue. What are some of those, uh, what are some of those steps that you prescribe? I know in your book, there's 21 and I don't imagine we've got the time for 21 today, but even, um, yeah. even the way you chunk them down into seven categories is really useful. Maybe we can start there if you don't mind. I would love to start there. That's a great way. Thank you. You know, I found that, um, that these, that there were 21 main happiness habits, um, hmm. and that they fall into seven main categories. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these seven categories. And I want everyone to think, where are you the weakest? Because wherever you're the weakest, that's your Achilles heel. And that's where you need to start in order to really raise your happiness set point. So, um, so here are the seven areas. Now it's hard for people to remember seven of anything. So I created an analogy, a metaphor. I call it building your inner home for happiness. Mm -hmm. And a home has seven key components. It's got a foundation. It's got four corner pillars. It's got a roof and it's got a garden. Yeah. And here's how this connects to your happy, the seven main happiness areas. So, and, and I'm right, I'm going to ask you when I go through these at the end, which one are you the weakest in? Because I want okay. everyone to <laughs> the So I know you're going to pay good attention to this. <laughs> so the foundation for your home for happiness is just what we spoke about. It's taking responsibility for your happiness, showing up in life as a victor in life, a co-creator of life rather than a victim in life, you know, not blaming, shaming, or complaining. So that's the foundation. Then the four corner pillars are the pillar of the mind, the heart, the body, and the soul. And let me just speak for a moment about each of those. The mind has to do with our thoughts. You know, are your thoughts robbing you of your happiness? Mm -hmm. The second is the heart. Do you live with an open heart? I have never met a happy person who is closed hearted. So open hearted means, do you have loving kindness, generosity, uh, forgiveness, gratitude? You know, do you live in an open hearted state? Then there's the pillar of the body. Do you have the biochemistry of happiness? Happiness is a biochemical event. It's there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's endorphins, there's these happiness chemicals, you know, the endorphins, serotonin, GABA, um, 
uh, oxytocin do you have and the biochemistry of happiness that by the way was where i was the weakest and then there's the pillar of the soul and the pillar of the soul is how connected do you feel to the greater energy of the universe the bigger energy of the universe and i don't care what you call it you can call it god you can call it the divine you can call it creative intelligence you can call it nature doesn't matter what matters is that you feel that you are part of this greater energy then there is the roof of our inner home for happiness and the roof has to do with our purpose or passion in life are you living an inspired life that's all yeah. about inspired evolution right. <laughs> are you living this inspired life are you waking up in the morning going i'm doing what i'm here on the planet to be doing so that's that's the roof and then finally there's the garden and the garden has to do with who you surround yourself with are you surrounded by lots of roses and gardenias, the people in your life who support you, who believe in you, who 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 want you to go for greater happiness? Or are you su- are surrounded by some toxic people, the weeds in the in your um, in your garden, people who drag you down? So those are the seven areas, the foundation, taking responsibility for your happiness, the pillar of the mind, your, your thoughts, the pillar of the heart, your 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 open-heartedness, the body, your biochemistry, your soul, your spirit, um, then your purpose in life, and then finally your garden, who are you surrounded by? So I'm going to ask everybody who's listening to just identify yourself, your weakest area, and Amrit, what's your weakest area? It's fascinating, actually. I feel like there's work in all the spaces, um, and I imagine that's a lifelong journey, so it's and that's always going to be the case. Um, some part of me uh, did really identify with the foundation. Um, there are moments where I still, becoming a new parent has been a real challenge. And there are moments where I find myself going, I wish this was different, or I wish I could do that, or I wish I could, and it's like, oh, you're complaining. So I definitely know I've got work in that space. <clears throat> and the ceiling, the, the purpose piece is, I absolutely love it. And, you know, the inspired evolution is incredible in all the things that it's doing. And yet, you know, in my vision, it's, it continues to just be even bigger. And it's like there's always work to go in that space. So learning to be, you know, grateful for what is and then also be inspired for what's next is a whole body of work. But if I'm honest with you, the piece for me has been um, the nutrition and wellness piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently read a book by Julia Ross called The Mood Cure, um, which She's was... actually highlighted in happy for no reason she was one of the people i interviewed my happy hundred so tell me your experience because i love oh my god it's you know there's been like the power of now i got coached by a cup told to help people live a life of presence and purpose um as certification and that was huge and for me it was a no-brainer because the power of now meant so much to me the mood cure has meant equally as much it is the four chemicals in your brain that you can really support. And it was just phenomenal when I started supplementing what came of that. Did you do the mood cure? I not only did I do the mood cure, um, I, Julia Ross is half an hour, 20 minutes for me. She, I, I, she was one of my practitioners that I go to <laughs> yeah. regularly. And in fact, in Happy For No Reason, we have the four part mood type questionnaire that she awesome. gave us access to. Um, so you can see if, if you're low in serotonin or oxytocin or GABA or dopamine. And um, and yes, that was, I'm with you. The place where I most needed help and continue, you know, I continue to tweak this is in the mm-hmm. level of the biochemistry. And, you know, it's it's so hard. People beat themselves up for, oh, I'm not happy. I'm tired or I'm this, what's wrong with me? Well, probably what's wrong with you is biochemical and that can mm-hmm. actually be fixed through nutrition and through certain supplementation. And I am a big believer in all of that. Huge. And it's amazing, isn't it? Because it's a simple fact of our soils don't look like what our soils used to look like. Right. You know, the profile doesn't look like what it used to look like. When you tune into that and say, okay, so there are some basic fundamental things as part of nature that I'm missing in my system. And then you start looking at how that is then propagated out on a mass level. And because I was feeling into when you were sharing before, like the happiness piece, and I was like, there was just this energy sort of felt so expansive when you were sharing what happiness meant to you that I was like, imagine if everybody felt that way, Mm. you know, all the time, you know, and I could really see your bigger mission, which is just like, yes, the individual, 
but then also collectively it would be yes. the world would be so different it would be so different you know the research is now showing that our happiness doesn't just affect us but it affects five people out to people mm -hmm. we don't even know so if you become happier it affects your neighbors cousins daughters school teacher you mm. know it's like it's it's an energetic thing um mm. and it we really do spread it and um it's it's so important you know when you were saying this i i actually about the body mm. I, I don't normally share this but there is a technique that i learned from a uh, a chinit song master a man named Gilles marin that can shift your serotonin levels within a week and that's super easy to do can i share that oh yes please <laughs> that's my arm right um, so so because this is like so cool i i just love this i love simple practices and my goal is i want to spend time giving you very specific simple practices that you can walk away with today and you can apply in your life right away so this one is if you know you need more serotonin and serotonin is one of the key happiness uh, uh chemicals you go you go out into the sun and i'll speak in a minute what to do if there's not sun out okay mm. so you go out into the sun and you close your eyes and you face the sun with your closed eyes really important keep your eyes closed as you're facing the sun it's called a mm. sunning sunning meditation you allow the rays of the sun to come in through your closed eyelids you imagine them going into the center of your head which is the pineal gland and mm. you just take that in through your pineal gland and then just all the way down through your body you do it for about two minutes and you do it twice a day for a week and it will raise your serotonin level <sighs> so i know isn't that remarkable i i just love that you know it's funny because i used to it, experience when I would go to the beach. I love the beach. It's one of my happy places. Yeah. And I would lie in the sun and I would leave feeling so much better. And I know part of it was this, the, the, the ocean and the waves have um, these things called negative ions. You also get them in the mountains and, and they help you feel better. But also the sun's rays were coming in through my closed eyelids and I was getting that serotonin high. So yeah. if you do this a couple times a day for a week, I want you to just use your life in ex as an experiment and see what happens. Do you feel better? Now, if you're somewhere where there isn't sun, you can do the same thing with your eyes open, just looking at nature. It won't be as powerful, but looking at nature is also a serotonin booster. You know, even if, even if it's just some flowers, looking at some flowers. Um, and also if there's clouds out, there's still some sun's rays coming through the clouds. So you can do it if it's cloudy. You just don't want to do it if it's rainy. So try it out. It worked. It's I've, I, I've told, taught this to so many people and they really notice a big difference. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, the thing that I love about it the most is how simple it is. And also, and that's, that's been one of the biggest things I've learned on my, and people that have tuned into the podcast regularly know this from me now is like, if it's simple, it works and it's powerful and it's meant to be. And for me, it's true. If it's simple, it's true. If it's complicated, someone's trying to sell me something. <laughs> you know, that's become my awareness. And that's, I want to use that as a bit of a segue because, um, yeah, it seems like nature has so much going for us. Mm. And, you know, we look at the way society's rigged and we set these goals. And you mentioned this before, I'll be happy when, you know, I'll be happy when I have that car. I'll be right. happy when I have that home. I'll be happy when, you know, and it's, and I find a lot of the time, I find myself saying this in my coaching times as well. It's like, did you even stand a chance? You know, it's not from a place of you're a victim, lick your wounds, but it's like, Hey, ease the pressure on yourself. You're not, you know, you're just, living in a society where everyone is placing all these expectations on you. Uh, yes, I agree with that completely. And I'm going to take it a step further. Mm. We are actually wired or rigged for negativity, for unhappiness mm. in a certain way. And mm. I'll tell you why the average person has 60,000 thoughts a day. And yeah. for the average person, 80% of those are negative. It's called the negativity bias. We inherited it from our cavemen ancestors who had to remember the negatives in order to survive. We no longer need it anywhere near to the degree that we have it. 
and yet we're yeah. still living on that old modality. Um, mm -hmm. It might a dear friend, Rick Hansen, who wrote Hardwiring Happiness, he calls it the Velcro Teflon syndrome. Our minds are like <laughs> Velcro for the negative. The negatives just stick to us. They're like <laughs> Teflon for the positive. The positives slide off of us. I'll give you an example. You get 10 compliments in a day and one criticism. What do you yeah. remember at the end of the day? The criticism. Oh, man. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's what I found. The happy people, they have just learned to reverse that tendency so that the positives stick and the negatives slide off. They've actually created new neural, chem, neural um, pathways, neural pathways in the brain for greater positivity. And once you've started creating, once you have more of those neural pathways, more for positivity, then you notice the more. It's like a positive mm. spiral. So I'm going to, can I give you the three steps that the neuroscientists say to take to um, create new neural pathways in the brain? Yes, please. Yes, okay. Please. <laughs> You're so easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. The first step is to be on the lookout for the positive. Just be on the lookout for it. Pretend one of the women that I interviewed for happy for no reason, she pretends that she's the Academy Awards Committee and that her job every day is to give out five Academy Awards. So she'll be out for a walk in the park and she'll see a really cute fluffy white dog and she'll go, oh, that dog gets my cutest dog of the day. <laughs> or she'll see an act of kindness and she'll go, oh, that gets the act of kindness award for the day. So she's mm. just always on the lookout for the good. So by the way, if you have kids, this is a great game to play with your kids. You know, we're giving out five Academy Awards today. Be on the lookout. What are the Academy Awards you're giving out? It just trains that. you to look for it, right? Yeah. So that's step number one. Step number two, and it's super simple, is you've got to savor the good for at least 20 seconds. They say that's how long it takes for the good to become a new neural pathway in the brain. The bad, the, the negative, not so much because it's already there. It's just quick. It's just, okay, I notice it and it just reinforces the negative neural pathways. But to, to create new grooves, you've got to savor it for 20 seconds. So when you see that cute white dog, don't just go, there's a cute white dog. Go over to the owner and go, your dog gets my cutest dog of the day. Yeah. Or you're just really with it. Or, you know, you're really with that feeling or you're watching a sunset, not, oh, there's a beautiful sunset. But you imagine that you are taking it in, savoring it for at least 20 seconds. So that's the second step. And then the third step is to go for a three to one ratio, three positives to one negative. Now, the negatives are going to happen automatically. So don't beat yourself up because the negative showed up. But instead, just go, oh, there's that. Let me replace it right now with three things I can appreciate, three positives. And that tends, so these three steps together, noticing the good, being on the lookout for the good, savoring it for 20 seconds and going for a three to one ratio can create new neural pathways in the brain. I love that. And I'm gonna use that to segue into the question that I think is probably on everybody's, um, in the back of everybody's mind listening into this episode is, Am I going to always be happy? Like, am I meant to oh, yeah, always right. be happy? Like happy for no reason. Like, right. is this like a consistent, like, right. yeah. How, how, like what, do, maybe describe your state. Like how do you, right. like, are you happy Such all the time? Such a great question. <laughs> Such a great question. Being happy for no reason, I define as an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't mm -hmm. depend on our circumstances. It does not mean that we're walking around 24 seven with a silly grin on our face and being in some Pollyanna state of denial. Yeah. Stuff happens. People die. We're going to feel grief. Something happens that upsets us. We're going to feel angry or frustrated. You know, world situations happen that we are upset about. We're going to feel that. What, but the difference is, is rather than being overtaken by that, overshadowed by that, we have that inner state of peace and well-being as the backdrop. So it's always there as a backdrop and those other things come and go on along its midst. So I take, for example, someone like His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. You know, he's a darn happy guy. I've been around mm. him a few times and he's quite amazing. Now, does that mean that he likes all that's going on in the world? Absolutely not. But what it means is he's got, he's developed, he's cultivated this backdrop of peace and well-being. 
so that he can bring that with him wherever he goes and he can contribute to life in that way. But I don't think he's always walking around. I mean, he has a smile on his face a lot of the time. I will. Have the <laughs> yeah, but you know, he deals with serious issues and he, yeah. he's, he deals with them in great seriousness. And, and um, so it's not that it's one or the other. It's mm. both, both and. I love the space that affords everybody to just embrace themselves where they're at and then start the work. In that, going back to what you were saying before in terms of soaking it in um, as number two, and I sort of thought number three as being reprogramming. One of the things that really stuck out for me was the first step of um, noticing the positive in the Academy Awards, and I can't wait to play this game with my son, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like super oh, excited about this. How now. old is your son? He's only 16 months now, but I know that this is going to be something that I'm going to have a lot of fun with oh, um, already. And so one of the key things in there, though, is I just wanted to touch on, because I think it deserves airtime, how toxic self-criticism can be then. Because it's it's almost not only are you not seeing this, like, you know, we've got that survival versus thrival, just like, you know, discrepancy that you described, but then obviously well, not obviously, but I can see that, um, yeah, and not even just looking at like seeing negative out there, self-criticism is, yeah, you, you're being abrasive and you're finding stuff within yourself um, that you're not able to accept as well. And that is really highlighting how toxic that can be for one. Oh, you know, really the first place where we close our hearts is mm. to ourselves is our, our harsh judgments and criticisms and our lack of compassion for ourselves, our lack of feeling self-love. Um, let me share with you a quick story and then I, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little exercise with everybody if that would be helpful. Yes. Um, years and years ago, I took a workshop, this was in the early 90s and mid 90s, with one of my early te teachers, who's now a very dear friend of mine, Marianne Williamson. Yeah. And yeah, she's awesome. And uh, I actually started listening to her in 1982 um, <sighs> when I was in graduate school and I would drive she's to incredible. school every day and I'd have these little cassette tapes and listen to Marianne Williamson on cassette. And I used to feel like, mm. oh my God, I feel like I know her. She's just a sister. Mm. And it turns out she's, we are deep, mm. dear friends. But anyway, I was at this workshop and she was telling this story about how or this experience about how if you make a lot of money mm. but you don't shift your consciousness to feel that you're worthy of it you don't have enough self-love or worthiness you will inevitably lose it and mm. i thought to myself that is ridiculous there is no way that if i made a lot of money that i would lose it that would never happen to me and yeah. sure enough, a couple of years later my first chicken soup books came out and i was making a whole lot more money than i was ever used to and I proceeded to start to lose it. Now, fortunately, I remembered what Marianne had said, and I started working on that feeling of worthiness, of deservability, of ability to receive, of self-love, which allows that ability to kind of turn that around. So, um, but I have seen so much for people, we block ourselves through our own closed heartedness towards ourselves, our own, it's what allows us, it's what, causes us to not feel worthy of receiving. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we push away our good, we push away when people give to us, we push it away. Um, so if I may, I'd love to share a little bit about um, how to, uh, just a simple process to move into what science calls heart rhythm coherence. Ah, uh, heart math, yeah, absolutely. Heart math. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I knew trained. you would know about heart math, yeah, but if I'm, I could... I'm a trained certified, yeah, go on, go on. Oh, go on, go on. awesome. Well, there's, I, share it with I us. love heart math. Oh. Um, you're a trained in all the best stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got the best combinations. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my you. goodness. So then you know this research, but I'll just share this for others who might not. No, the audience would absolutely love it, so please don't cut it short. Okay. <laughs> so according to the Institute of Heart Math, when we are feeling angry or upset or frustrated for just five minutes, it can suppress our immune system for up to six hours. But when we're feeling gratitude and appreciation and love for just five minutes, 
It can strengthen our immune system for up to six hours. And these days, don't we want to have stronger immune systems, you know? Resilience. So, so I, um, I love sharing, and I actually share it in Happy for No Reason, a simple practice that, that they gave me permission to share called the Inner Ease Technique that um, allows you to go into what is called heart rhythm coherence, where your heart rhythms are in this very um, synchronous fashion, very beautiful waves, rather than a very erratic kind of pattern. And um, and in this process, and, and you know this well, I'm sure, but we're, yeah. I'm going to ask everybody to do this together. And I want everybody to notice how do you feel different? We won't do five minutes. We'll do just about a minute and a half of this. Mm. And notice how you feel different after a minute and a half of doing this process. Okay. So it's very simple. And you can do this with your eyes opened or closed. I like doing it with my eyes closed because I think I go a little deeper. But um, so if you're able to, as long as you're not driving, if you could close your eyes. And the first step is to simply place the palm of your hand over your heart. And that simple act of putting your hand over your heart stimulates the flow of oxytocin. And oxytocin is dubbed the love hormone because it's what we have more of when we feel bonded and connected to each other. But just putting your own hand on your heart allows more oxytocin to flow in you. It's, it's about heart focus is what it's called. Then the second step is on each in-breath, breathe into your heart and in each exhale, breathe out of your heart. Now, if you want to, you can breathe through your heart down to your belly, no problem, but just making sure that your breath is coming in through your heart and going out through your heart. So at your own pace, I'd like you to breathe in deeply through your heart and exhale through your heart. And people just notice that even this one, one thing right here, you might already start to notice how you feel different. Now, here is the piece de resistance. This is the real, where the real extra juice comes. The third step is on each in-breath, I want you to imagine that you're breathing in love, ease, and compassion. Breathing into your heart, love, ease, and compassion. On your exhale, you just exhale through your heart. Each inhale at your own pace, breathing in love, ease, and compassion. Now you can think about somebody or even a beloved four-legged that helps you feel that way. You can think about the time that you last felt love, ease, or compassion. Or you can just simply silently say the words to yourself, love, ease, and compassion. All of those will work. So breathing into your heart, love, ease, and compassion. And one more deep in-breath, breathing those in. And on your next exhale, you can slowly move your hand away and you can slowly open your eyes. And as you're coming back, what I want you to notice is how do you feel any different now than you did two minutes ago and I'm right you're my guinea pig here so tell me how do you feel different <laughs> now than you did a couple minutes ago yeah I love the half math, half math practices it's how I feel is exactly how I feel after like 20 or 30 minutes of meditation and yet we just dropped in for like 90 seconds <laughs> you know what I mean like it's just phenomenal it's Profound. You know, what it does is it engenders a, a state that they call the love response. You know, science, everybody talks about the stress response. We know what that's like. Your stress response has its own brain activity, heart rhythms, and biochemistry. Same is true of the love response. And you can habituate it. Now, doing this one time is not going to do anything for your life. Here's what will do something for your life. Hmm. You could do this twice a day. And I do this standing in line at the grocery store with my eyes open. Doesn't matter. I do it while I'm on the phone with somebody. People mm -hmm. don't even have to know you're doing it. Do it twice a day for the next week or two. Mm -hmm. And then notice that you will start to habituate the love response. I, I've done this thousands of times. And all I have to do now is put my hand up to my heart. And immediately the whole response comes over me just because I've entrained myself to do that. So this is something so simple. You know, people ask me, oh, it must be really hard. To, to create greater happiness. No, it's actually baby steps done in super simple ways. So this is mm. one of them. Maybe maybe you choose to do this. At the end of our time together, I'm gonna to ask everybody to pick one thing that we've talked about today that most spoke to you that you're gonna practice doing. 
before we get there, I just got one little bit that I want to tuck in, which is sure. you also thing. Thank you so much for sharing that practice. And it I feel so light and soft. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. Um, there's a bit of, uh, well, the secret. Um, and I think bleeding back a little bit to the conversation, I'll be happy when syndrome, let's call it a syndrome. Um, and then inviting happiness or front-loading happiness sorry i'm talking like engineering like as like an engineer <laughs> but front-loading your happiness and the way that that dances for when we're trying to manifest can you describe that process a little bit for us because when we're feeling a little like i can imagine when i'm feeling like i'm lacking something and i'm searching for something outside of me I've learned to now having done this work for quite some time that when I'm lacking or I'm seeking, I'm actually putting out that frequency of lacking and, and seeking and I'm actually pushing things further away, even though in my wisdom, I'm trying to call them in. And I can see the power in what you're sharing in terms of if I was able to change my state into happy, grateful, things might just come a little bit faster, wouldn't they, Marcy? Absolutely. I mean, it is, it is absolutely the case that we don't uh, the law of attraction and all of that doesn't work like i'm going to attract this so that i can be happy you come mm. from a place in fact rhonda Byrne even says that in the book the secret that when you come from the place of happiness things mm. magnetize to you with such greater greater ease in fact you know i, I teach a whole program called your year of miracles and it's about mm. living in the miracle zone and living in the miracle zone is living in that place where um, miracles just, where things just spontaneously go your way, where there's synchronicities are happening, where there's the ease and flow. So it's not about getting things so you can get there. It's about actually having the happiness come first, having that being in the zone first, and then things that are aligned for you, the things that are meant for you come in. You know, one of them is I'm going to get it from my ego. I need, I need to get it because my ego needs to be fed because I'll feel so much better when I have this. The other is I am whole and I am full. And what is meant to be for me, I, without any kind of restrictions, I attract to me from that place of mm. radiance and alignment, soul alignment. Yeah, I love that. I find that so inspiring and it makes so much sense. Um, at this juncture, having gone through the conversation. I feel like there may be some resistance for some people that are tuning in around um, around happiness, feeling that it's, it's, it's around deservedness, but it's probably deservedness is not the right, the right energy. So like, is it selfish to be happy? Yeah, what a great, great question. And I think a lot of people wonder, well, what about the world? Don't we have to be concerned about the world? And mm. the answer is yes, of course. But I believe that the least selfish thing that you can possibly do is to raise your own happiness set point. Because when you do, it affects everyone around you and ultimately it affects the world. And I, there's a beautiful Chinese proverb that I love to share with people that sums up why I'm so passionate about this. Mm. And it goes like this, it says, when there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in this world. And my prayer and my wish for everyone is that we know that light in our own souls, that happiness in our own hearts. And through that, we create more peace here on this planet of ours that needs it so much right now. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much, especially how it reminds me of the house and the metaphor as well that you, yeah. uh, that you share in the book. I will put a link to the book in the show notes below for those that are tuning in, um, happy for no reason. But I also know, Marcy, for the new year coming up, um, you're running a, uh, do I say an online workshop or a course? Can you describe what you're running? It's an online program. People? We have over um, this past year, we had over 5,200 people from 88 countries. Your year of miracles. And it's about mm -hmm. living a miraculous life in every area of life, in your health, in your relationships, in your success, money, all of that. And uh, I have a gift for everybody here, if that's all right. May I offer the mm -hmm. gift? Yes, please. Okay. It's an ebook 
that's called mm. the four biggest mistakes that keep you from living a miraculous life. Mm. And in it, I go through the ways that we are blocking ourselves from a miraculous life and specifically four very simple techniques, um, mm. none of which I taught here today, but that are, are all amazing to, uh, to raise your happiness level. And mm. so I invite everybody to go get that ebook. It's just at miraclesebook.com, miraclesebook.com. Awesome. And that link will also be in the show notes below for you to click on, check out, and go check out more of Marcy. Marcy, how do I thank you? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I obviously have to thank you for your time here today, but also, you know, the wisdom of this is a lifetime's work. Like you said, you were the last person that you would be witnessing you know doing this work in the world and yet here you are having transformed your own life and transformed the life of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people it is an absolute honor for me to be able to have this conversation and share this with the community and the inspired evolution tribe here today sincerely thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly here today i have to thank you so much first of all for the beautiful invitation to be with you and for the amazing work you are doing in the world with inspired evolution i love how you are using your own life and your own inspiration to share this with people i think you are a bright light on the planet and i'm grateful to you Oh, sister, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. And lastly, guys, but by no means least, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you so much. And uh, as always, the invitation is there. If this is inspiring you or you know this may be supportive for someone that you're tuning into, please do share the episode around. You know, these conversations are from the heart to the heart for you to share with your community. Thank you so much for tuning in. All the love, all the power. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 